You're listening to Finalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV show podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. Previously, we made a pitch for those of you who hadn't seen the wonderful TV show Black Lightning to go watch it. And hopefully you did that, because in this episode, we're going to be talking about Season 1 of Black Lightning in its entirety. So, spoilers ahead for all of Season 1 if you haven't seen it, but really, go watch it. It's really, really good. In case you couldn't tell, we are uh, enthusiastic about the show. (laughs) We're, We're fans. Yes, we are. And we got Annie to watch it. Yay, they did, finally. That's because Chris is a uh, professional nagger to to watch good shows. <laughs> I wish I got paid for this. That would be amazing. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying your skill level is professional. But yeah, I wish you got paid too. So You're an amateur nagger at a professional level. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody please hire me. <laughs> so we thought we would... It's always difficult to tackle a whole season of a show at a time without it turning into like a five-hour discussion. So we're going to try to focus mm-hmm. on season one highlights, things that really stood out to us as kind of favorite elements or moments in the season. So who wants to go first? Chris, do you have something you wanted to mention as a highlight of season one for you? I think just because this is always, I don't know, the thing that makes me feel all all warm inside is... I feel very seen by having Anissa Pierce person who is like the mom friend. She's the perpetual mom friend. (laughs) And I'm like, there is my representation on television. (laughs) (laughs) Is Anissa your favorite character, Chris? I would say that Anissa probably is my favorite character, yes. I love them all, don't get me wrong. But the, the series started out... Granted, it's not her first scene, because, like, her first scene is them picking her up from prison, which has never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> that part, less me. But then the next time I think we see her, she's caught her younger sister doing something, and the younger sister is clearly like, oh no, here she is, she's gonna nag me about stuff, and I'm like, it's me! <laughs> it's the I responsible love- friend who who brings down the joy <laughs> levels of every other friend. <laughs> That's the part you identify with so much. (laughs) At at that point, I was like, I love her. I love her already. And then later in the episode, she flips a dude over and I'm like, I love her even more now. She's my favorite. I love her. How about you, Annie? Do you have a favorite character? I don't know. I just, I mean, Anessa, obviously, but... I don't know. I like everybody. I just, I like, you know, one thing that I really had the impression of was that it's really a story of, you know, you have the superhero story, but it's told through the lens of a family unit. Right. And I just love the family. They're so great. And how Lynn and Jefferson are still in love and how they reconcile and they almost didn't during the season. And I was like, oh crap. But then they all came together at the end and I was just like, yay. It just made me really happy. And you don't see superhero stories told through that lens normally normally it's just the one you know origin story of you know single white male and you know you don't see anybody who's established already so i really like that it started out just from a different perspective it is very much a story of like he's a retired hero so there's mm-hmm. already the background but then that whole you know he gets pulled back into the the thing. And, you know, in addition to that, you've got the whole family getting pulled into it, which is 
it is like a new and interesting take on a superhero origin kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, it's already at the end of episode one, you have it established that Anissa has powers. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then later in the season, you see Jennifer display powers. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. So it really does become this whole family issue they have to deal with and how they all deal with their powers uh, emerging separately and finding out that their dad is Black Lightning. And so I just like how the dynamics shift through the season through everybody finding out things about themselves and, um, you know, how they always have the support of their mom. Oh, so it just made me feel so good. I really love how the story is just told from more than one established superhero's perspective. So it's told from the family perspective. Yeah, I feel like I have so much to say about what both of you just said. <laughs> I, I, I sat down to like write down my notes of stuff that I liked, and I had to like really try hard to keep it condensed. Because like you, like you mentioned, Annie, I just feel like this was such a different take on a superhero story than I'm used to seeing. Because even if we look at the other... Well, if you look at, like the three kind of character-based superhero shows that are on the CW right now, all of them have this element of missing family members of some kind. You know, you have Barry's mom who died, his dad is in prison, he has an adopted dad role in his life. You know, you have you have Kara whose planet was destroyed and she was raised by an adopted family and then you have Oliver whose parents are dead. Like it's <laughs> at least father's dead. His mom is alive at the beginning, I think. But then she dies. I don't know. But there's a lot of like Separation. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Separation yeah. <laughs> between. I don't even watch Arrow and I'm spoiling people. <laughs> but there's a lot of separation between superheroes and their families, it feels like. So I think it's so cool that in the show, it's just all about the family and it's all about mm-hmm. how them having superhero powers, different abilities affect each other and affect their relationships. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like Black Lightning gets to cheat a little bit because they can have a lot of stuff both ways because Jefferson does have that story. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do get the origin stories with the daughters, but they also get to have an established hero who has to get back involved in the, the superheroing business, if you will. And like you were saying, you know, they've, they've got an established family that is a family unit and it is very much about bringing them back together but then we also have Jefferson's tragic backstory and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have so often it feels like the superhero stories begin with the hero finds out that they have powers. And when it comes to Black Lightning on this show, that's not where we're starting out. He already has a past with using his powers. He knows he has them. And I think that really makes him a very rich character. But they get to have that origin story element with him both getting back in the game and then Jennifer and Anissa discovering that they have powers and how they feel about them. So, like you said, they get to kind of have it both ways, and I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, too, that Jefferson's struggle really is about having good reasons to start superheroing again and having really good reasons not to. Mm-hmm. So that's a good mm-hmm. source of tension, of drama. Yeah, I, I like that it started out like that, that... Jefferson quit being Black Lightning because of the tension it created in his marriage and eventually, you know, divorce. You know, so it already started out with all of this backstory that we 
can dive into right away. So it just makes, like I said, makes characters richer from the beginning. And I really appreciated that. You know, I don't like being spoon-fed everything at the beginning, going, here's the origin story, and here's the drama, and whatever. We're kind of in the middle of it already. And I appreciate that this is a take on superheroes that doesn't underestimate the audience. I did have to explain a lot of stuff to my dad, though. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes me laugh because of the relationship between you and your dad. That's just, you know, that's your dad. I love your dad. (laughs) He's not super great at paying attention. (laughs) (sighs) And kind of tying into this idea of these characters kind of like already existed and have a rich past before we meet them. Something that I really love about Anissa is like, A, first we got to mention again, she's a freaking bulletproof black lesbian superhero. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I love that she is already out when this series starts. This is not about her discovering she's a lesbian and, and that sort of thing. Coming out stories are great. They're important. They need to be told, but there's so much more that goes on for people once they do that. And so I love that, you know, we get allusions to, I think it's just, it's kind of alluded to first by maybe, no, I guess we see her in bed with her girlfriend first, but then, you know, we have Lynn and, and Jefferson kind of just make casual references like, oh, and this is out of girlfriends. Like, oh, remember when you told us you were a lesbian? Mm-hmm. So it, it's not, it's definitely, this is something that Anissa has already gone through. That's not going to be her story. It's a different storyline that she's getting. So she's a black lesbian, but she gets to do this other stuff, not just come out. <laughs> well, I think we mentioned this before, like the big coming out stories in this are, by the way, I have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have been using them under the guise of the superhero Thunder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that name, like Thunder. <laughs> oh, come on. It's like that song, Lightning and the Thunder. And I'm like... <laughs> Where was that, you know, why wasn't that playing in one of the scenes? I'm sure it was. Maybe I missed it, but it's been stuck in my head every since I watched the season. But yeah, I personally am really appreciating stories now where it's more than just about the, you know, gay or lesbian character coming out. And then that ends up as a very kind of flimsy parallel to my superhero powers also emerging kind of thing. And I just, I love that it's casually referred to, oh, girlfriend, this, that. Although I really do wish we could see more of Grace. That's my hope for season two, but we'll see. We will, we will talk about season two in a bit. Yeah. Yes. I also love Grace, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I also have to mention, even though they're not are they're not like an established relationship yet, I think it's really great that both of Anissa's sort of love interest in this season were also women of color, because mm-hmm. I feel like we have so many we've we've had like a couple of biracial female female couples on network TV shows, but having like two women of color in a relationship. It just doesn't happen very often. So I was like, yes, it's a biracial couple looking at Anissa and Grace. It's a biracial couple and neither one of them is white. That hardly ever happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although they're not really a couple yet, sadly. I know. I know. This, that's me being hopeful. <laughs> I know. Me I know. too. I have all my hopes hanging on that scene in which Anissa calls Grace and it's like, hey, it's been a while. We should get together. We like, should yes, have coffee. Should. Yes, you should. 
because they are an established couple in the comics, and I've oh, seen some right. panels of them, and they're very cute, Grace and Anissa. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. super cute together. Ha ha ha, super cute. But they, they are. <laughs> oh, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I mean, there's a scene in which one of them catches an airplane, and then the other one catches the other. Yes. What? what? <laughs> oh. Wait, are they Is both superheroes it? in the comics? Yes. 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 Oh, I didn't know she had powers in the comics. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, Grace amazing. is half Amazon, Annie. Oh, oh well, well, okay. I will Dang. I will send you links later. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh man. So I hope that gets explored more. <sighs> they catch each other. Oh god, my romantic gay heart. <laughs> I know. I thought you would be into that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they're an adorable couple in the comics. It needs to it needs to happen on the show. It just it does. I feel strongly about it. As strongly as 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 strong as Grace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it is it Amazonian strength feelings? <laughs> it is. It's strong like an Amazon, you know it, Chris. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Since I alluded to something similar already, I also wanted to say I appreciate how this series foregrounds the characters and and experiences of people of color, particularly black folks on the show, because something that I noticed when I was watching the first episode is I was, I tried to pay attention as to like who has speaking roles in a particular show. And at the beginning of the series, I was just sort of floored by the fact that, okay, we've had like, I, I stopped counting, but it's just like, there kept being another person who would speak, and another person who would speak, and another person who would speak, and it took a really long time until there was a white character who had a speaking line, and he was like a reporter in the background talking to Henderson. He wasn't even like a main character. And as I was like watching the series, I, I noticed how often roles that typically would have been delegated to sort of bit players played by people of color, they actually put white people in those roles typically like they were standing in the background of a scene while jefferson and other characters who were black who were asian were getting to talk and like have the important parts of the of the scenes and i just i think that's so important and really cool because you know i'm i'm a white lady i got to see myself all the time on tv growing up and i think it's really sad (laughs) that sometimes you can be watching something and it just takes forever until, especially movies, it just takes forever until you see a character played by a person of color who actually gets to say a line that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so it just was really, I thought, really awesome that so many of the important roles on the show are played by people of color and it really is highlighting their experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think speaks to how much a difference having, you know, people of color or minorities of any kind, really, just diversifying in general behind the scenes Mm -hmm. makes such a huge difference. Because I think, you know, generally more mindful of such things, somewhat relatedly, or rather, that just reminded me of the scene where Anissa and Jefferson are walking through the woods, and Anissa's just clearly not comfortable with it. And she's like, Dad, (laughs) Why people die in the woods? It's like, yeah, in horror movies. <laughs> but still. It's like, but yes, but not until gets, after the, what the, is white it, nerd, the... The white nerd gets killed first, and we don't have one of those. <laughs> so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a good scene. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Anissa and Jefferson have some of my favorite scenes together. Mm-hmm. I, I also really liked... I just really loved that whole part of the storyline where Anissa was like learning to use her powers and Jefferson was helping train her and the moments where he was really impressed by her 
being able to read lips from far away and things like that. I just, I loved their dynamic. And I, I really appreciated that Jefferson had a very distinct dynamic with both his daughters. Like his relationship mm-hmm. with Anissa had a different character to it than his, his relationship with Jennifer. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I mean, it's, it feels very true to the characters because Anissa clearly is her, her father's daughter. So I think they, they tend to butt heads a little bit more. At least in in certain aspects, not that Jennifer doesn't ever have conflict with Jefferson, but anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. I just, yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like the seeing the dynamic develop between Jennifer and Jefferson because, you know, normally you think, oh, it'd be awesome to have superpowers, but she has the complete opposite reaction. I just want to live a normal life. I want to get rid of them kind of thing and how that creates conflict between what Jefferson, you know, who he is and what he stands for. And, you know, at the same time, he has to protect his younger daughter. And and yet, at the end, I just wanted to cry because I was like, but Jennifer used her powers to save her dad and her mom. And I was just like, oh. And then she kind of relishes them at the end when she, <laughs> when she like, took Proctor and spun him around. She goes, oh, you want more of this? And I'm like, yes, please give more of that. <laughs> He deserves it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I I really like seeing that relationship with Jennifer and the conflict she had with her powers. And I I wonder now if she's just more accepting of them all of a sudden because she had to use them in such a high crisis situation. And, you know, I'm wondering how that's going to go in season two. So, yeah. And I I really like that both Anissa and Jennifer's reactions to having powers, it fit with what we learned about their characters before they even got their powers. Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we have we have an Anissa who's really, she's out there and she's fighting for social justice. And of course, she's like, yes, this is a an awesome tool that I can use for this. But Jennifer's really rebelling against sort of Anissa and Jefferson's, you know, do the right thing, be a good example, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. You know, she just kind of wants to be a normal kid and not have all that pressure put on her. Uh, but like you, like you said, I feel like once she gets to where she sees people that she's in love and danger, that, she, that didn't come out right. She gets to the point where she sees, she sees people she loves who are in danger. Like she can't help but try to use them. She like, she has this mm-hmm. thing that can help her family. So yeah, I feel like she will always have a different relationship to her powers than Anissa and Jefferson. But so I'm curious to see where they go with that in the future. Yeah. Well, I think part of that too probably is, you know, her powers manifested in a way that like it scared her. Yeah. I mean, not that Anissa's experience wasn't kind of scary, but I think that was more like, it it was more startling than it was scary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was a thing breaking, but it didn't like, kind of explode. (laughs) So I feel like Jennifer's phone kind of exploded her hand a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, started a fire. It's burning (laughs) stuff all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it would alarm me too. So I mean, I think that's part of it too, is like that being the introduction, where she's accidentally setting stuff on fire, and like burning out her phone. Because those things are not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably got, Thanks, mom. Thanks, probably mom got in trouble with her parents. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that versus being able to use them to help people and save lives of people she loves. I think that would certainly help to change the relationship that she has with her powers, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. 
Yeah, because we don't know if Jennifer's, she hasn't really learned to control them yet. She doesn't have the training that Anissa does. And so I'm wondering if she'll want to continue that or continue denying her powers or, cause we only see her use them in really high stress situations. So yeah, I could see how it would be a totally different reaction for her than for, than with Anissa who decided to embrace them and explore them from the beginning. Annie, since you brought up the scene of Jennifer saving Jefferson and Lynn in the the season finale, which I've got to say made me cry because mm. that sort of thing always gets to me. It made me fist pump when yeah. heroes are getting <laughs> rescued by other people. Like it always makes me cry for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> just like a lot. I cry a lot when it happens, and then I feel weird about it. But since you mentioned that. Should we talk about other scenes that made us cry? I had two that made me cry. Let's hear them. Because you don't cry easily. I don't. TV stuff. I don't. But I got choked up in episode two after Lawanda was killed by Lala. And Henderson calls Jefferson to tell him what had happened. And it really causes him to have a crisis of feeling confident in himself and what he chose to do with his life. It's where he decides, you know... People need to know that Black Lightning is back because he kind of has an argument with Lynn about it, about how he feels like he's been lying to himself, thinking that once he taught kids and kind of passed along his philosophy, they could go out there and be better and be okay. But Londo is a student and she still ended up killed and he could have helped her. But he has this moment where he looks at her and he says, you know, when you when we first found out about our powers – you said that they were a gift, that they were a blessing from God, and they are still that. And and it just really got to me just as conflict in that moment where – and I think it's it's revisited later in the season and the other scene that made me cry. <laughs> but I'll stop there and just be like, that scene just really got to me. I, I teared up. And I, I rewatched it today to kind of remind myself what made me so teary, and I teared up again. <laughs> Just me. Only one. Okay, fine, guys. Leave me alone in silence. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't remember crying at that scene, but it's entirely possible that I did. <laughs> Chris you know me. is perpetually leaking, so. <laughs> but the other scene that made me cry was in the finale when... I guess it's supposed to be kind of a, a dream or something. It, it, they don't really make clear what's happening, but it's, it's where Jefferson is getting to talk to his father and a, he apologizes to him for using so much violence as Black Lightning because he feels like it went against the principles that his father taught him. And again, I felt like it gave me different insight into Jefferson's conflict because before I think we got the sense of he knew he could help people as Black Lightning, but he also didn't want to – he wanted to keep his relationship with his family. But that scene, I think, really underscored for me that even though he felt like he could help people as Black Lightning, his father really raised him to embrace nonviolence and those philosophies that he tries to pass on to his students. So that was another big piece of him that he was wrestling with this entire time. And I think what made me really made me tear up the most was when – his father said to him that he would have to decide if what if the choices that he made were worth it. He couldn't tell him. And I like that they didn't try to make that scene really pat and easy. And I just thought it was a great scene. I thought Cress Williams was great in it, and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
And I like how that kind of resonates with what's happening now with Jefferson and his kids. Because mm-hmm. his kids clearly want different things out of their lives, too. So we've we've been seeing, I think, Jefferson struggle with that a little bit, trying to help guide them. While also, you know, there's that that episode where he's struggling with Lynn a little bit about becoming a superhero again. And he's having the same conversation, but on the other side with Anissa, where they've sort of paralleled those two two discussions, if you will. No one remember, knows what I'm talking I don't, about. No, okay. I don't remember that episode. Remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can you give me more context? <laughs> it was either the episode of or the episode after they find out that Anissa is Thunder. And I think the situation is that Lynn is upset with Jefferson and is sort of trying to explain, like, really, it's just that I love you and I care about you and I don't want you to do stuff that is putting yourself in danger. And he's like, but I have to, <laughs> is sort of his his stance on the thing. I don't think he used those words exactly. <laughs> but then later he goes and um, I think he actually... Oh no, that's what it was. It wasn't it wasn't about Thunder exactly, because it's when he goes and he picks Anissa up from jail. That's what it is. Because she and the other student protesters were oh, like they shooting the, the statue guns. with paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he basically has that exact same conversation with Anissa. Only he is in Lynn's position. Like, I don't want you putting yourself in unnecessary danger. You have to be conscious and aware of these things. You know, you don't have to put yourself in this situation. And she's like, no, but I do have to. This is, I, I feel res- a responsibility, a duty to do this. I'm just kind of like, aha, maybe Jefferson will understand Lynn's perspective better now. Because mm-hmm. they need to get back together. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, the one scene that made me really emotional was... I can't remember the second to last or the last episode where Jefferson is, you know, he's unconscious and Lynn's leaning over him and she says, you know, I felt something the other day. It was like this Aww. big black pit in me and I, you know, it felt like death. And then I realized that was the moment you flatlined. We have this connection. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys keep the connection. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, it's like, kind of fanficy, but you know i still you know i love that because it just seemed to encompass everything about their relationship and you you know and um but that's i think one of my favorite relationships in the show and it's interesting because for some reason during the whole se- season i was like well that would be interesting how come lynn's the only one who doesn't have powers if she ever got powers but um but I do like how she has this unspoken connection with Jefferson. And I just, I love that illusion. So, or that, that it alluded to that. So I thought that was really just kind of a moment that encapsulated their relationship and their love for each other, despite all the arguments or hardships about Lynn worrying about Jefferson because he's a hero and he has to put himself out there and now her kids and everything. But she, I really love how she is like the glue that holds the family together and keeps them all grounded. Yeah, it felt like Lynn, toward the beginning of the season at least, she, she had to be a bit of a, a fun killer. I'm surprised you didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't identify with her, Chris. <laughs> I mean, that too. <laughs> <sighs> but I liked, 
I appreciated how they worked her into the family dynamic over the course of this season. Mm-hmm. And and yes, I think by the end she definitely she has a place there amongst her superhero family, even though she herself does not have superpowers. I think that's what it was. She wasn't really in the first couple episodes all that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Especially she- the first episode. I think she only has like a couple scenes in that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have time to identify. <laughs> <laughs> but she can rack a mean shotgun. I was like I was like, yeah. So But yeah, Lynn's Lin, so awesome and super smart and everything that yeah, I feel like maybe she doesn't need powers because mm-hmm. Actually I'm a- going to plead that she doesn't get powers. Yeah, it was just that a, is a tendency. Yeah. In, oh I know, mm-hmm. I know. But but I feel like that's a tendency, and especially these Greg Berlanti produced TV shows, mm-hmm. is to make everybody a vigilante or have superpowers. Yeah, or what have you. it gets and a little much you after don't have a while. To do that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I actually think that of the superhero shows, the CW DC superhero shows, like I, I am less, I am least annoyed by the. <laughs> ratio of superheroes to non-superheroes in this show because yeah. they have a reason for it and also it's it's canonical like these are all people with superpowers in the comics mm-hmm. right and uh yeah because the others do have a tendency where they start off with like your hero or maybe like a hero and a couple of sidekicks or something and they just they just keep adding them in I know, that was the impression I got. I don't even watch any of the other uh, CW shows, but I was just like, you know, I I see promos or, you know, pictures or things like that, and I'm like, wow, they became one too? This is getting ridiculous. So, (laughs) yeah. It is a little bit. Yeah. So I am all for Lynn being the completely human one Mm -hmm. in the family. Yeah. But And I feel like since I I was talking about Lynn's story arc, I have to say... I actually ended up really appreciating Gamby's story arc, too, because Mm -hmm. I liked how by the end he was still kind of a shady, complicated guy. They never really confronted head on the the usual thing that superhero shows have to go through where, like, we don't kill. That is that is against our code of conduct. We don't kill. Mm -hmm. And I liked at the end of the season, Gamby was just kind of like, this rule does not apply to me. I'm a terrible person, but he's worse. So I'm just going to shoot him. (laughs) I know. So I I think that makes could make for some interesting stuff in season two where Jefferson and, and Gamby are trying to renegotiate their relationship after revelations of him Gamby not telling the truth over the years and and I like that they just kind of kept him they didn't he, he clearly like has good intention but he's not a completely redeemed character either if that mm-hmm. makes sense right. And I think I think that is good for them long term. I feel like you kind of need at least one gray character. Mm-hmm. Where if you do need somebody taken out, <laughs> you can take them out <laughs> without tarnishing your main superheroes. Yeah. Well, I just thought that was... Like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. It reminds me of that moment on Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the end of season five where Giles killed Ben. Mm-hmm. You just... You mm-hmm. need... You need that character who will step in and do that thing that you don't want your hero to have to do. Right. Well, I just thought it was interesting at the end when Gamby killed Proctor. And I was like, because part of most of me was like, yeah, he got him. And then I was like, wow. Sometimes I was surprised at kind of like that level of violence that would show up in 
in the show and I was like, wow, somebody actually did kind of almost what uh, you wish you could do as an audience member, but, you know, nobody's going to cross that line. But Gamby did. And I thought that was really, I, I, I like, not that I'm proponent of violence, but I just like that there's a character that does something that is unexpected because they're not all following, you know, the straight and narrow moral line. Yeah, they have different moral codes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is one of those things, like, it does on some level at least feel a little bit, I don't know if earned is really the right word, but, you know, that guy is the guy who's in charge of the program that had Gamby do the stuff that he's felt a need to atone for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, in some sense, this is atonement. Yeah. I gotta say, I was pretty. I didn't dislike Gamby, but I, 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 he was just kind of around for most of the first part of the season for me. But the part that really made me like Gamby, it was after one of Jefferson's students was kidnapped, and her friend goes around to pass out the posters, and you know, Gamby takes one of the flyers and he puts up in the shop. And mm-hmm. we see in the later in the season, he still has the missing mm-hmm. poster up on his door, which yay. But I loved how. Later on that episode, he was, I think he was talking to Anissa, but he was trying to get her to do something to help the girls and boys that had been kidnapped. And he said, you can save Nima. I love that he remembered her name. And mm-hmm. Anissa uses her, her name later in the season, too. But that was the moment where it's like, Gabby cares. Mm-hmm. Gabby knows. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> again, but, that's part of the atonement, too. Yeah. Because he could have just said, you can find those kids. But no, I love that they had him use her name specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that moment also. Yeah. Something else that I wanted to mention that for me sets Black Lightning apart from the other superhero shows that I've seen and that are on the CW at the moment is that I feel like a lot of the time with superhero storylines, it's set up as a good versus evil type of situation where you have the hero who protects people from bad things that come along, which is a fine way to set up a story. It's a classic. Don't get me wrong. But the thing that I liked about Black Lightning is that it has more of a social justice angle where we have these bad actors on the show. Sorry, that made us out. No, bad <laughs> people who do bad things. <laughs> the actors are great. <laughs> just have these crappy people. actors. Bad <laughs> actions. <laughs> well, no, I meant actors, but not. I realized it had a double meaning in this context, which I did not intend. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm, sa- I'm trying to, to clarify, like. Ones who who do bad actions versus yes. people who people act badly. These roles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love. I like the actors on the show. Great. I think. I think they're great. <laughs> Excuse me. So you have people on the show who do bad things, like Tobias Whale, definitely a villain. You know, Martin Proctor, definitely a villain. But I feel like it's much more couched in this idea that there is a larger system that is oppressive to this community. And that's really the big thing that the superheroes are wanting to take on is Mm -hmm. it's not just about these particular individuals who did bad things. It's about a larger system that is making it difficult for the people of Freeland to leave, Mm -hmm. to lead, you know, productive lives that they want to leave, lead. Right. And there is much more of a focus on the concept of community Mm-hmm. In this show versus the others, the others occasionally will have like a, you know, it's like a not in my city kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Arrow has actually said that at some point, <laughs> possibly several, <laughs> but it, it doesn't feel like, I mean, it, 
it feels much more like an idea than it does in Black Lightning, where it's like, it's an actual community, like there are actual people in that community that we know, that we are introduced to, we see what what they're facing, what their struggles are. We see them in school. I think that's a big part of having Jefferson be the principal at the school is like, we, we actually are in this community. And so that has, I don't know, it, it, it lends gravity to what it is they're fighting for, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like how we see people in different contexts, too. Like Jefferson just isn't just over here in the school. You know, he, we see Jefferson as Jefferson. You know, he goes and he talks to Lala. He goes and he has conversations with the Reverend. We see him moving through these different pockets of the community rather than just sort of existing in superhero world versus regular world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and, and uh, especially I'm blanking on the character's name, but there's the young boy who is uh, working for Lala who throws the blood at, mm-hmm. I think, I think it was Anissa or Jennifer. No, it was a Jennifer. What are the daughters? I can't remember. It was Jennifer. We see him, you know, out with Lala, out on the street, but then we see him go to school and talk to Jefferson. So, yeah, I agree. You have a much greater sense of there's people within this community and they go different places and they interact with each other. And it's it's much more of a a network of people rather than just a concept of a city, national city Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. central city. Yeah. Star city. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is the only city that doesn't have city, city in the name. I know. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, and and like we've we've got the scene of Anissa driving by and seeing the girls from school talking to the drug dealers, and mm-hmm. she you know she doesn't just see it and continue on her way and do something about it later. She pulls over and she's like, "Girls, get in the car," mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Uh, and, and then Chris is like, it's me! <laughs> I mean, to the rescue. You know, I wish. <laughs> and this is great. Yeah. I love Vanessa. Me too. I don't know that I have a favorite character either. I love them all so much. But Anissa's up there and Jennifer's up there. I love both of them so much. At which point I'm going to casually mention Nafisa Williams hugged me. <laughs> <laughs> So shall we talk a little bit about season two, like questions about season two, things we're looking forward to? Yeah. Sure. So I guess let's start by saying season two premieres October 9th. Yay. Yay. They're not going to hold it until. Yeah. I was worried they might hold it to January or something, but no, they get a fall premiere. I hope that means they're getting a longer season two. I don't actually know. They may or may not have confirmed it. I, I haven't looked. Do you know? I don't off the top of my head. Hang on. I mean, I would think that it would mean a longer season, because usually if it's a half season, they'll hold it. I don't... I'm not finding an, a, an immediate answer, so... Okay. Yeah. It does seem like CW tends to do a thing where they'll do, like, a... Somewhere in between, do, like, a 16-episode season, mm-hmm. which I'd be... Right. I'd be good with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. So we've we've talked about her already, but I think we need to say again, Grace. Mm-hmm. Grace needs to come back. Because I feel like it just barely got started that relationship and we are just left going what's going on we'd like to see more so how spoilery are we getting here i think we can get a little spoilery so warning there's going to be some season two spoilers in this section though we don't have anything too specific yet but if you just want to if you want to keep as spoiler free as possible you can skip ahead 
But go ahead, Chris. Spoil us. Okay. So they have started filming season two. I am pretty sure Chantal Thuy has confirmed that she's going to be back. She has confirmed it via Twitter. Yes. Yay! There was a picture of However, her in hair and makeup, and it was tagged Black Lightning. So, so there you go. I don't know what's going to happen, but, but well, what's me? Make- <laughs> what? Sorry. What? <laughs> what's making me nervous though is I I have also seen stuff out for like casting call things mm-hmm. that mention a new love interest yeah. for Anissa. And I'm like, uh, wait a minute. And- we just we barely know. You know, what's going so, on with her and Grace? So I'm like, wait, I don't want to move on to a new love interest already. But so, I also got kind of nervous because in, well, in, in season one, they had like a notice out that there was going to be, or there was something, Some somehow I found out that there was going to be a girlfriend for Anissa and it was not Grace. And so I got real nervous about that. I'm like, what? What? I got confused, maybe more than nervous. But uh, that did not last. So, you know, there's still the possibility that maybe we're just working towards, I think, I think they're calling it Thunder Grace. They are. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that, too. It could be this is a, it it could be a love interest for Anissa, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Grace is out of the picture entirely. Maybe it'll be a temporary love interest thing or maybe i don't know i don't know but i do really like grace i'm happy to hear that she's coming back but i am nervous by this other love mm-hmm. interest thing what's gonna happen <laughs> i don't know but, I think my- <laughs> but as long as there's more grace because hey it's a bisexual asian on tv that's exciting <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead and then there's also quite a few questions left over from the asa storyline because obviously that was foundational to setting up the world of Black Lightning, but we learned in the finale that it had become something of Proctor's personal project, these metahumans that he was keeping in cold storage. So now that he's gone, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with the ASA storyline. Mm-hmm. And all the people he was keeping. Yeah. Because there was that line from Lynn about, oh, she knew somebody to t- who could take care of them, but I don't think we got a follow-up from well, that. Well, yeah, all of a sudden it just cut to the story going public, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, where, what happened to all the metahumans? And how many of them are still yeah. alive? Because it seems like a lot of them died. So I was a little confused by that. So I'm like, where are the metahumans? Are they, like, within Lynn's care or something like that? But they're away from the ASA? I was a little unclear on that. Well, maybe that could be a storyline for Lynn in season two also. Yeah. yeah. I also felt a little confused about that, Annie, but I do think that that was an intentionally left dangling mm-hmm. plot thread yeah. for the second season. And then, of course, we have Tobias Whale, who got the briefcase that the scientist who was sitting with the metahumans in cold storage said that he needed in order to take them out the pods. Tobias Whale has that briefcase. Something's in it. He's pleased about it. What's in the briefcase? It's always about what's in the briefcase. But I know I, uh, there's everybody want there's a briefcase. Everybody wants the briefcase. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> but um, I think what did they say they needed to save the metahumans? It was like they needed a strand of DNA from Jefferson. But I don't know. I was like maybe they're DNA samples or I don't know something like that. That was my guess. So something that you can create more metahumans with. Hmm. That was an interesting reveal too. That. Most of the metahumans that were created from the first round of 
proto-green light, the vaccine, they didn't survive into adulthood, but Jefferson did, and he seems okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that means that Jennifer and Anissa are also going to be okay. Oh, yeah. But I suppose that could be something to come up in the future. What if they start showing, any of them, I guess, start showing symptoms similar to the other metahumans who were doing so poorly. First of all, how dare you even bring that I know. up? Sorry. I'm then, sorry. But then Lynn will save them because she's super smart. Yes. They got Lynn. They're fine. Yes. She can she can she can do sciencey things and bake a cake. Mm-hmm. She can do it all. <laughs> and frost a cake. Over frost, apparently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is a lot of frosting. <laughs> <laughs> And I also don't think we got resolution on Kara, did we? On what? Wasn't that her name? Kara? Kara? Kara. The vice principal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I kept waiting for the reveal that Jefferson finds out that she's the spotter, and it didn't happen. And I'm like, ooh, that's a good plot thread to leave hanging. So, yeah. How do they pronounce her name on the show? I'm saying Kara because of Supergirl, but maybe they called her Kara. Kara. Yeah. Kara. There we go. See, I think they definitely have some dingling plot threads that could be interesting in in season two. I I don't know what the main storyline of the second season is going to be yet, though. I haven't haven't read anything about that. Me neither. Mm -hmm. But I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it premiering in fall, not in spring or whenever. So yay, October 9th. Woohoo. (laughs) <laughs> Although I admit I'm going to be spoiled because I watched the whole first season on Netflix and then I'm going to be like, what do you mean I got to wait a week in between episodes? So, <laughs> <laughs> suffer with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, thank you both for talking about season one with me. I feel like there's a bunch of other stuff that we could have talked about, but tried to keep it under five hours. <laughs> 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 oh, there's just so much. But if you listen to this episode foolishly before watching this wonderful show, go watch this wonderful show. I'm going to tell you again. <laughs> if you've already watched this wonderful show, watch it good again. on you. Good choices. Pat on the back to yourself. <laughs> and and if you want to, you know, shout about it with us, there are a number of ways you can do that. Because clearly we would love to talk about this show even more with, with you, our listeners. <laughs> You can call us at 972-514-7223 to leave us a voicemail. You can also record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at feedback at askgenretv.com. Or you can, you know, type out an email old school styles, (laughs) like the kids say. (laughs) I am shaking my head at myself right now. You can also contact us on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Can can they tweet at us? Yes, they can tweet at us. <laughs> that is that is what people say, Stephanie. The thing you're trying to make fun of me for is send us a tweet. <laughs> I knew that's what you said. I just I just <laughs> just still that makes me laugh when you say it. You can also find us over on Tumblr at Ask Genre TV. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Killjoys, Killjoys is coming back soon, y'all. Killjoys and Lost Girl and Orphan Black and some other series, please go visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thanks for listening. Annie, will you say thanks for listening? 
Thanks for oh, the bullet. Hold on. <laughs> In a way that won't scare people. <laughs> Thanks for listening.